We know what you want. You want to reach more customers and grow your business. But the marketing and PR landscape is murky and confusing. Now you can gain clarity with straight talk on the latest marketing and fundraising trends and technology from two agency pros. Brian Ernest and Rachel Holland from Amperage Marketing and Fundraising. So amp up your marketing with the Amp Up Podcast. Welcome back to the Amp Up Podcast. I'm Brian Ernest. And I'm Rachel Holland. Well, today, Rachel, we're talking about modern fundraising challenges. Awesome. Well, I love challenges and I love the modern times. So let's take us back, Brian, when you started the business 25 years ago, just a hot second. What would you say the biggest challenge was that nonprofits were facing when it came to fundraising? Wow, that's a great question, Rachel. And yeah, it has been a minute. You know, looking at the nonprofit space, I would say there have been several key factors that have impacted nonprofits over the last few decades. For the longest time, people looked at the nonprofit sector as having a lack of business acumen. We've certainly seen that change over time, but also quite often you saw nonprofits just being behind the times in many ways. Maybe that was in technology their business practices, even talent that was attracted to the nonprofit space was very different than it was for the for-profit world. One other thing that has certainly impacted the nonprofits over the last decade or so has been social media. It's had a huge impact on the nonprofit world, and it's created a new level of connection to the community and to its constituents. Yes, behind the times, I think that's a great point. And I think that probably even applies today just with, like you said, all of the different technology and social media. There's a new platform, it seems like, coming up every other day. Um, Mm -hmm. Different things for asking donors for money, ways to track them, all of that stuff. I would also say that just in the last decade or so, the need for nonprofits to find that unicorn, right? The person Mm. who can raise the money, make the big ask to get those big donations, but also update the website and be a designer and be a social media guru, all of those things. Have you seen that in the past? Or do you think that remains consistent and will continue to be a challenge? That's a great point, Rachel. And I think, you know, it still continues to be a challenge today for many nonprofits, especially at the community level, to try to do so much with a small budget, with small resources, trying to stretch every penny, every donor dollar as far as they can. And so, yeah, it becomes a real challenge internally. Also, so many roles that organizations could lean on from their volunteer base have dried up in a lot of ways. The volunteer experience for many nonprofits is just a very different one today. And many services, many areas of support that nonprofits had from their volunteer base just aren't there today. Well, Rachel, should we bring in our guests? Yes, let's do it. All right. Well, joining us today are fundraising experts, Jennifer Rubel, Amperage's Director of Fundraising, and Tim Torgerson, Senior Fundraising Advisor. Welcome, Jennifer and Tim. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jennifer and Tim, we are so glad to have you both. You both have deep experience in the fundraising world and have helped countless organizations move the needle with their efforts. Brian touched on some of the challenges that he's seen over his time, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the biggest fundraising challenges today. Jennifer, let's start with you. Yes, I think some of the biggest challenges that nonprofits face today from the fundraising perspective is 
one, philanthropic analytics, and how are they going to incorporate that into all of their fundraising efforts and interactions with their donors and prospects? Another thing is AI, a similar sort of sentiment there, is that how is all of that going to work with their existing fundraising model? And then, Brian, you alluded to this earlier, was the decrease in volunteerism and how challenging it is for organizations to have volunteers on board to help them reach their fundraising goals. I think there are a handful of reasons behind the decrease in volunteerism. A U.S. Census Bureau survey recently reported that the level of volunteerism dropped by seven percentage points between 2019 and 2021. Now, I think part of that is a COVID carryover sort of situation. I think COVID and some of those survival strategies that were put in place during that time made it all easier for us to stay home. We can have our groceries delivered. We can pay all of our bills from home. How many streaming services do we all have? All of those things make it easy to stay inside and stay home. I think, too, that people are more cautious about how they use their time now and who they choose to share it with. And then lastly, I think there's a generational shift that's happening in how volunteers need to be communicated with and utilized within those organizations that they do choose to volunteer their time with. All great points, Jennifer. You and I have talked quite often about volunteerism and the change of maybe transactional volunteers now versus maybe those volunteers that are like either committed for years or decades or even a lifelong volunteer for an organization, more transactional. But you and I have talked a lot more about even board makeup, boards of directors for nonprofits, maybe not having the same experience around fundraising. What have you seen change over the last several years? I think there's a larger gap between volunteers who have been involved and passionate about an organization for a very long time, and that we don't have folks that are willing to come in or able to come in and spend the amount of time and dedicate the amount of time to the organization. So what I have been encouraging my clients to do is bring some of those folks on board and be willing to mentor them along show them the inner workings of the organization and get them involved in ways that they're able to be. It does look different than it did 10 years ago and actually even five years ago. That's great advice, Jennifer. Tim, shifting over to you, when an organization that's having challenges around volunteerism and engaging the right people and they want to take on something big like a capital campaign, I'm sure you have some thoughts on some common mistakes organizations are making when it's time to launch a capital campaign. Brian, thanks. I think a couple of things that come to mind is that there's a link between how much the community and the volunteer that you're going to be asking to take on a role, especially a capital campaign, how much knowledge they have of your organization, what is their relationship do they truly understand the passionate need for your mission in the community? And how well have you been communicating with them? A lot of times, volunteers are, and donors for that matter, are committed to institutions that they know well, that they trust. And by them having a well-thought-out stream of communication that over time continues to tell the real story of the institution and the mission 
and how you're making a difference in the community makes a huge difference when you're talking to donors and certainly recruiting volunteers. And back a little bit on the volunteers and being available, I think today's volunteers is more receptive of very specific asks that have a start and a finish to it that meets their scheduling needs and possibly their ability to be able to respond over time. And I think, again, it circles back to how much they know about you. What are you doing in the community and how do they have an ability to be able to understand what you're doing? Jennifer, thoughts you have on capital campaigns and how they're changing right now for nonprofit organizations? Yes. You know, as one of the steps that we recommend organizations do in preparation for a campaign and what we want to ultimately be a successful campaign is that they have an ample pool of willing and passionate volunteer leaders. Organizations can't run campaigns alone. They need volunteer leaders and helpers to do soliciting, to do thank yous, to help with planning and coordinating. Volunteers will help them spread the word about the campaign, which will help them reach more people and prospects than they have in the past which almost every organization that we work with needs to do to reach their campaign goals and fundraising goals. I love that. And I think that your points were spot on too, just talking about that communication piece, Tim, right? And telling your brand story. People don't know what they don't know. So if you're not out there championing your organization, your volunteers aren't doing that, it's really hard to get buy-in from volunteers and donors, right? I'm sure we could talk about this all day long, but I want to give each of you a chance to give our listeners either one fundraising tip or one word of advice. What would that be? Jennifer, you want to kick us off? I think the main thing here is to look at this downturn in volunteerism as an opportunity, an opportunity to do things differently and ultimately be more successful in their volunteer efforts. And If I could recommend one thing would be to be more diverse in their effort and who they're bringing on board. And as they bring those new folks on board, be sure to create the space for those folks to be authentically themselves in their interactions with leadership and in the activities that they do on behalf of the organization. I love that. Tim, what about you? You know, I spoke earlier about communication, and I think one of the things that I see that nonprofits, both board members and lead staff can do and should be doing all the time is really meeting with community leaders on a regular basis and informing them of the things that you're doing, keep them up to speed so that when the time comes for a capital campaign or for a major fundraising effort, that this isn't the first time they've heard your story. Marrying that with a overall communications plan that the full community sees and hears is and that constant drumbeat of the organization telling its story is really going to set the stage for a really solid fundraising effort. If we were to do a feasibility study and go in and do an interview with a leader in the community and it's the first time they've been spoken to in two or three or five years or longer, isn't going to produce the same level of response as a person who's been kept up to speed and they see themselves as a partner in your mission in the community. So it's just super important to be out and talking with these people and creating that ground cover in the greater community about what you're doing. 
Well, great advice from both of you. Thank you. You know, I love the recommendations about outreach by leaders, both volunteer and staff, to be in touch with the community, to be listening to the community, to perhaps even be informing the community. I think we all find too often that our own organizations, as well as the nonprofit community, assume that everyone in their community knows who they are, what they do, and why they do it. So being out there and being in touch is such great advice. No doubt, the nonprofit and fundraising world is evolving and changing. Well, that's it for today's Amp Up podcast. If you like what you've heard on our podcast, please share it. Go to amperagemarketing.com. Also, if you get a chance, please rate and review us. We appreciate any feedback. Thanks, Rachel. And on behalf of all of us at Amperage, thank you. Check in on another podcast and we will help you move the needle.